It's episode 187 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and it's Football Friday. We'll recap week two of Ohio High School football playoffs and get you ready for week three starting tonight. Plus, the Indiana High School football draw, the Bengals in Indianapolis, and more football. It's not on Dayton Radio, it's the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly audio podcast that covers all sports in Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio, and covers areas from Norfolk, Kentucky and the Ohio River up to Lima and Allen County. From Richmond, Indiana and the surrounding Whitewater Valley region to Madison County and surrounding areas. If you want local sports, this is your source. To find your favorite way of listening to this podcast, as well as visiting the Tee Public and Redbubble shops and find the latest episodes, please visit sindaypod.com. This opening theme was created with the Splash app. It's time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. Football Friday. Always love this time of the year. Something special about high school football in Ohio and the surrounding Indiana and Northern Kentucky region, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, this this is the second episode released this week. Last episode on Monday was about boys soccer, girls soccer, and volleyball playoffs, which we'll touch up on a little bit next week, but we'll definitely announce the state title winners. There is something that I have to apologize for last week. Uh, Chris Tilton, you might remember him on one of the previous podcast episodes, the freelance writer from Preble County, from Camden, I believe. He sent me an article to use on these scores, and I forgot all about it until an hour and a half after uploading the episode. So I'm sorry, Chris, but thank you for sending this in. You can read this in, uh, I think, this week's Registered Herald, which is the Eaton and Preble County paper. So I'd like to touch up on this. This is talking about the national trail loss last week. And we already talked about the score and everything. But Chris Tilton, send this in. Thank you very much. If you write or if you go to a game and you cover it and you want to send me material to help out the podcast, I'd be more than happy to read it and give you a plug and everything like that. I definitely think that would help out the podcast since... You know, I cover a lot of regions, and I can only be at one game at a time. So, again, thank you, Chris, and I'm sorry that I'm getting to this a week after. I'm still kicking myself on that. I I don't, you know, try to beat myself up on small mistakes anymore anyway. But uh, this one... Oh, it, it, it hurt just because I was I was really happy that Chris sent this in. But let's begin. Again, this is in the Registered Herald. Chris Tilton is the writer as the Blazers fall to Cardinals in the playoffs. This was National Trail's second appearance in the playoffs, and the Blazers were hoping to make history with their first playoff win, but it was not meant to be. The National Trail Blazers played with the Triad Cardinals for a half, but faltered after halftime. The Blazers were only down by a score of 14-7 at the break. But in the second half, the Cardinals seemed to find another gear and then eventually won 42-7. to 
Their passing attack caught fire, and the Blazers gave up several long passes. And when the Blazers loosened up their defense to defend the pass, it opened up running lanes for the ground game for Triad. And this allowed the Cardinals to control the ball in the second half and keep the Blazer offense off the field. The Blazer offense was not consistent on this night. They had a tough time maintaining drives. It seemed like they could generate a first down or two, but then they would stall out. The Blazers stayed mainly with a running attack in the first half. They were a bit gun-shy about passing when they gave up an interception early. They did not open up the playbook in the second half when they were trying to mount a comeback. Oh, they did. Excuse me. They did open up their playbook in the second half when they were trying to mount a comeback, but the Cardinals' secondary was ready and picked off several passes. We're not doing the things we need to do. We're missing assignments. We have some good athletes on this team. That score is not indicative of what we can do. We're the only team to hold Tri-Village under 50 points. We had them on the ropes and we could not beat them. Tonight we had a chance to do something that no other trail football team has done and win a first-round playoff game. The Blazers' score was set up by a botched triad play deep in their own territory in the second quarter. They tried to run in reverse, and the exchange was muffled. The fumble was picked up, but the ball was lost a second time as Blazer Ben Browning covered the ball at the triad six-yard line. Trail went to a wishbone offense and pounded the ball into the goal line with a Dallas Smith three-yard carry. The Blazers had a second chance at a score late in the fourth, but the drive ended on downs at the three-yard line. Both teams had some off-the-field events coming into the game. The Blazers had some students with the COVID virus a couple weeks ago, and National Trail had to miss a couple games on that. So the Blazers had to shut down student activities, including their last football game. This was disruptive to the team as it put them out of their routine. The two-week layoff did not help us. We came out tonight just flat. We did not play the way we normally do. Triad has a new football coach this season, and his name is what else but Joe Cardinal. Is it really? Is his last name Cardinal? That's great. I have to double check on that, but that is wonderful. Back in the spring, he set a wedding date for this Saturday, the same night that D6 playoffs start. Again, 4, 5, and 6 division get to play Saturday nights, 1, 2, 3, and 7 are Friday nights. At that time, he had not been hired as a head coach and was also planning for a conventional 10-game season with all games played on Friday nights. So when the playoffs were set up, he had to work with OHSAA and Trail to get the D6 playoff game moved from Saturday to Friday night. That's why Trail and Triad were the only D6 teams to play on Friday night. So it's quite the weekend for the Triad coach, I will say. Manage a high school football team and get married the next day. Sounds like a pretty busy two-day swing. The Blazers are not done. The season will continue for three more weeks. And they sent out some feelers to some other cross-county conference teams. I think Trail is supposed to play Tri-County North today, which is the Battle of Route 40. But I'm trying to remember if that was last week or this week. I'm pretty sure it's this week. Anyway, the Blazers have sent out feelers to some other cross-county conference teams that will be picking up games so that the Blazers end with a full 10-game schedule. As long as the COVID virus doesn't make another appearance in Northwest Preble County. This will give the young trail team more valuable game experience heading into 2021. The Cardinals will go on to the next round where they will play perennial powerhouse Coldwater. Tell you about the score in a minute. Coach Hoffman on the outlook for the Blazers. We're looking forward to the future. There's one senior on the offensive line. We're just young there. 
It's an old saying, you suffer with sophomores and you win with the seniors. I do like our freshman and sophomore classes. They do everything together. They hang out with each other, even in the offseason. As these kids mature, they're going to get better and better. We have a good staff here. They are hard workers. They want to win. Once we put it together, good things are going to happen at National Trail. Again, that's from Chris Tilton, who was a previous guest on this podcast. And thank you, Chris, for subscribing to the podcast. I do appreciate that. And I am sorry that I got to the article a week late. So I do apologize on that. But that is a nice little segment into Week 2 Ohio High School Football Playoffs. I tell you, a lot of great events happening. And we got your usual suspects. We're covering the Columbus area teams as well. But definitely Cincinnati and Dayton football teams covered heavily here. So we'll start with Division 1, Region 2. Again, if you're new to this podcast, Division 1 in Ohio means you have the biggest schools in the state, the most bodies, which I I have to correct myself because I think I said for divisions, it's based on the total body count. That's not true. For football, you're basing it on the boys' population, so how many boys are at the school. But it's still the same premise, almost. So Division I, Region Two. again, that's some Dayton schools, some Columbus schools, some Toledo area schools, and Middletown to help kind of even things out in Division I. And already into the semis tonight. I can't believe it. But number one, Dublin Kaufman. They keep rolling, the Rocks do, as they knock off Springboro, the eighth seed, 45-35. Number four, Olentangy Liberty defeats number 12, Fairmont, 35-7. I learned something about Fairmont's win at Perrysburg last week. I mentioned that that was their first ever playoff win in school history. And I think I heard it on the Tri-State football show after the games that Perrysburg was hammered with the COVID and a lot of their players couldn't play. Still, though, a win is a win. So definitely celebrate that for Fairmont. And hopefully the future is bright for the public Kettering School. Elsewhere, number two, Northmont. The Thunderbolts keep rolling as they clip Marysville and the Monarchs 48-41. That's the battle of two and seven. And number three, Springfield defeats number six, Wayne, 31-19. Region three is mostly Columbus, if I remember right. Actually, it's all Columbus looking at it. Number one, Pickerington Central. They stay hot as they knock off number nine, Hilliard Darby, 35-16. Big upset here of the five and 13, as number 13, Hilliard Bradley clips Reynoldsburg and the Raiders 31-30. And another big upset, 10 over 2, as New Albany soars over Pickerington North 44-20. And Westerville Central scaves by Upper Arlington in the 3-11 battle, 21-20. Two big upsets in Region 3. Now Region 4, this is Cincinnati. And we have one upset to talk about. I was on the call for this. As number seven, Elder, gets by number two, Princeton, 26-21. to 21. In the Battle of Westchester and Liberty Township, and the game where someone put in the score wrong on score stream, it was Lakota West, the top seed in Region 4, defeating number eight, Lakota East, 31-14. to 14. See, when we first got the score on the Princeton broadcast, it was put in the other way round, which I get. Both are Lakotas. And both are, you know, should be north-south, but never mind that. So someone put in Lakota East was 
up big on Lakota West, but it turned out of a way round. So the Firebirds win another game, and they look very impressive. Only giving up 14 points in this contest, and I think seven of those came off. What was it, a punt deep, or is it a fumble deep in Firebirds territory? Number five, Coleraine. They soar over number four, Mason, 28-7. And number three, St. Xavier, defeats number 11, Muller, 45-14. Now we move on to Division Two. Region 7, we start off with number 1, Massillon Perry, cruising by Canal Winchester, 42-0. Number 8, Dublin Sciota, defeats number 9, Big Walnut, 31-13. Olin Tangi, the Braves having a great season in Delaware County. They shut out Licking Heights, 47-0. Number 12, Worthington Kilbourne with an upset. The Wolves win 30-27 over number 5, Green. Massillon Washington cruises over Walnut Ridge, 56-0. North Canton Hoover defeats Lake in the 7-10 battle, 48-29. Olin Tangier Berlin with a nice upset. The Bears defeat number 6 Wooster, 48-40. And Westerville South defeats number 14 Watkins Memorial, 56-28. Now to Region 8, Cincinnati Dayton area. We have number 1 Witten Woods defeating number 17 Xenia, 28-13. LaSalle. They roll across Little Miami, 30-14. The number two seeded Lancers win. Number three, Piqua, 42. Number 14, Harrison, 7. Number four, Kings, 42. Number 13, Talawanda, 7. We have Turpin defeating former ECC foe and Withrow, 23-6. Number six, Anderson. The offense continues to roll as Anderson defeats number 11, Taze Valley, 52-14. An overtime win for Stebbins as they stave off the Yellow Jackets of Sydney. In the 7-10 battle, 24-23, Stebbins wins. And number eight, Edgewood advances over number nine, Troy, thanks to COVID. So no game there, and the Cougars move on. Division three time, Region 11. Another COVID result as number 16, Wilmington season ends with the virus. And number one, St. Francis de Sales moves on. Number two, Bishop Hartley cruises over number 15, Western Brown, 65-14. Number three, Thorndale Sheridan defeats Columbus South, 27-0. Another shutout win, Jonathan Alder keeps Zanesville off the board, 35-0. And apparently Zanesville got a shutout from a radio show in New Jersey, something like that. I, I, I didn't listen to that show, but I did get a reply tweet on that when I put in all the scores, when I normally do Friday nights. So... There you go. Pioneers win via shutout fashion. Number five, London takes it to number 21, Miami Trace, 41-7. Bishop Watterson defeats Hamilton Township, 39-21. Granville and the Blue Aces advance over number nine, Eastmore Academy. And I assume that's the virus, but I'm not totally sure. And we have number 10, Tri-Valley, with another upset win over number seven, Jackson, this time, 14-12. Region 12, we got Bellbrook cruising over their Ego counterparts in Shamnau Julian. 58-0, Golden Eagles win it. Number two, Hamilton Baden advances, thanks to COVID, against number 18, Wapakoneta. Number three, Trotwood Masson defeats number 19, Carroll, 28-7. We have number four, New Richmond, 38, and number 20, Goshen, 20. We have Ross defeating Butler County foe Monroe, 52-14. Kettering Alter defeats Dunbar, 35-13. And probably one of the strangest football scores I've seen. 
Number seven, Tippecanoe, 11. Number 10, Mount Healthy, six. The 11 is probably more strange thing. Number, uh, you can get six points if you miss an extra point, but you get what I'm saying. And here's a low-scoring football game for you. Number eight, St. Mary, six. Number nine, Franklin, zero. And can I just say, it's a little weird seeing... If you look at the brackets for Division Three Region 12 and you look at the Max Preps ones, uh, which I do to help talk about what's coming up next, it calls St. Mary's Memorial. It's The full name is St. Mary's Memorial, but most of it's just St. Mary's. So it's weird just seeing Memorial on the bracket. But good win for St. Mary's. They shut out Franklin 6 nothing. Division 4 time, we got Region 14 first as number 1 Bellevue defeats Galleon 34-9. We got Shelby defeating Rossford 32-13. Huron defeats Bryan 44-22. Keystone over Edison 46-27. Van Wert 46, Port Clinton 20. Number 5 Van Wert with the win. Number 11 Clyde, the defending Division 4 state title winners. They upset Wasion 28-15 in the 11-6 upset. Another upset for you. This time it's 10 over 7. As Firelands, they clip against Napoleon 21-20. And number 8, Kenton 32. Number 9, Ontario 20. Region 15 as number 1, St. Clairsville defeats Highland 47-30. Licking Valley over Logan Elm 21-14. Bloom Carroll will advance over number 14, Indian Valley. That one I assume is... Thanks to COVID. We got number four, Meadowbrook defeating Philo, 52-37. Gallia Academy, 46. Vinton County, 8. And Carrollton, 21. Marion Franklin, 13. Heath, 34. Cambridge, 7. And Warren, 35. John Glenn, 28. Region 16 time. A couple good scores for you here. Clinton Massey rolls across Thurgood Marshall, 63-6 in the 117 battle. Indian Hill continued to be sharp as the Braves defeat number 15, Oakwood, 42-3. Wyoming yet to play a game in the playoffs, and this time the Cowboys will advance over number 14, Taylor. And yes, you can blame COVID for that. Number four, Waverly, 62. Number 13, Norwood, 14. McNicholas shuts out Unidove, 27-0. It's Graham over Eaton in the 6-11 win. 28-14, Falcons win it. Number 7, Valley View 35, Milton Union 0. And number 9, Bethel Tate with the upset over number 8, Waynesville 22-17. Division 5 time. We start off with Region 18 as Liberty Benton cruises over Elmwood 33-13. Ostego 38, Marion Pleasant 6. Ottawa Glandorf 62, Orville 0 in the Red Riders. Oak Harbor advances over number 4, Elira Catholic. That's an upset win, but that's... Also, I believe, a COVID win, which I probably should say this now before I forget. So I was listening to Tri-State Football post-game, score, uh, post-game scoreboard show, which I often do in Cincinnati, and they mentioned that if you have to forfeit a game because of COVID, it's not a loss. It's just, it, it doesn't happen. And it's like, you know, that's kind of it. Which I think that's pretty nice because... I mean, yeah, schools can take precautions on it, but who's to say? Because, like, COVID, I think the scientists are mentioning that it's airborne, and plus it can live off the services for, oh, what was it? I want to say 28 days or something like that. Something like, whoa. So that's nice to hear. 
You know, I mean, that'd be tough to uh, that'd be tough to forfeit because it's a virus that's affecting the United States, and apparently cases are going up, and we might have a couple of counties with stars already. But this is not a place for politics, and I don't want people going, ah, you just talk about the virus, and stuff like that, because that's what people sound like, apparently. Back to Division 5, Region 18, as number 5, Eastwood, shuts out number 21, Wayndale, 35 nothing. We got West Salem, Northwestern, 21. Not the same West... Oh, wait, no, that's West Liberty. Sorry. West Salem, Northwestern, 21. Lima Bath, 3. Winford, 15. Indian Lake, 2. And North Union, 35. Genoa, Area, 7. To Region 19 in Division 5, we got Ironton cruising over New Lexington, 49-3. Ridgewood defeats Oak Hill. Not the Cincinnati School, mind you. 49-7. Wheelersburg, 47. Portsmouth West, 13. Columbus Academy over Canoxian, 45-21. Harvest Prep with a big win over Piketon, 41-8. Bishop Reedy defeats McDermott Northwest, 52-3. Liberty Union, 31. Amanda Clear Creek, 7. And Johnstown, 31. Wellston, 6. Now to Region 20, Roger Bacon. They demolished Carlisle and the Indians, 49-6. And I believe... I shared this tweet. I think it's from 275 Gridiron on Twitter. Corey Kiner mentioned him a couple times on this podcast. Yeah, he's going to have a great collegiate career. I, I remember just watching him go into beast mode. And he's got this Carlisle Indian trying to take him down. And he's still just dragging him across. It's, it's amazing how strong Kiner is. And just when you get someone, you know, with that dynamic of a skill, that's... That's awesome. So, not to say, you know, it was awesome to see that against Carlisle, because, you know, that's not what I'm saying in the slightest. I'm just saying that's how strong Corey Kiner was. Lanchester defeats Madison Plains 55-33 to in the 2-15 battle. Big upset here is the Cavaliers of Purcell Marion knock off number three Brookville 14-7. to Wayne, uh, uh, excuse me, number four Versailles, which is totally how you say Waynesville, Number four versus sales advances over number 13, Preble Shawnee. You guessed it, COVID struck Southern Preble County. And that's a shame, too, because Preble Shawnee got their first ever playoff win over Claremont Northeastern last week. Again, just to recap what my point was from the Tri-State Football Scoreboard Show, if you have to give up a playoff game because of COVID, it's not a loss. It's just, it doesn't happen. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy over Madeira, 13-6 in the 5-12. You got number 11, Marymont, with a big upset win over number 6, West Liberty Salem, 25-0. Springfield Shawnee shuts out Middletown Madison, 34-0. And Green and 30, Taft, 28. That must have been a great game in Green and as well. I don't know if I mentioned it on this podcast. If you wonder why it's called Green and, even though they're not in Green County, it's Green Township. Hey. I didn't know that either, so there you go. Also, Enon, you know, is the village. Division 6 time, Region 23. Fort Fry with a shutout win over Belfry. Remember, Belfry last week didn't play a game over Newcomersburg. Couldn't tell if that was virus or anything. It just said Belfry advanced. But Fort Fry defeats Belfry 54-0. Loudonville cruises and edges out Centerburg 42-41 in the 18-2 upset. We got Fairland defeating Rock Hill 41-7. Lucasville Valley, the 13th seed in 
D6 Region 23. They upset Worthington Christian, the fourth seed, 27-21. Elsewhere, Barnesville defeats Marion Elgin, 63-20. Nelsonville York, a big win over Sines Valley, 41-6. Dawson Bright, an upset win over Shenandoah in the 10-7 win, 41-38. Afrocentric, 28. Buckeye Trail, 22. I believe Afrocentric is the only Columbus City League school still in the playoffs. What's neat is Columbus City League, Cincinnati uh, public schools are holding their own like city championship for the football teams and uh, the other teams as well. So that's pretty cool to see. But Afrocentric defeats Buckeye Trail 28-22. Moving on to Region 24, we got Coldwater. They defeat Triad 37-6. Mechanicsburg shuts out Deer Park 34-0. Frankfurt Adina shuts out Parkway 37-0. We got West Jefferson just surviving past number 13, Anna, 36-35. Covington takes down fellow CCC school in Arcanum, 30-24. I should mention Arcanum had the lead most of that game and stuck on the 24th side for the Trojans until Covington made a very nice comeback. Nice win for the Bucks. Minster upsets Allen East in the 11-6 seedings. 14-6 Wildcats win. Paint Valley rolls across Greenview, 42-7. And Fort Recovery defeats Fairbanks, 63-7. And last division up in Ohio, Division 7. You know how Division 1's the big schools? Division 7's your smallest schools. We'll start off with Region 26. As Lima Central Catholic advances over Delpho St. John's. Yep, COVID struck the Blue Jays. We have Arlington over Eden, 75-6. Lima Perry advancing over... Number 14, Egerton, which I'm pretty sure that's COVID-related too. We got Crestview with a big upset win over Calvert. The 13th seed Crestview defeats Calvert, 4th seeded, 50-13. Spencerville edges out Macomb, 28-20. Hopewell Loudon, 41. Patrick Henry, 6. Lepsick, 41. Antwerp, 13. And Mohawk, 26. Pandora Gilboa, 14. And now Region 27, two more regions to go. Trimble 47, Monroe Central 26, East Knox 20, Toronto 6, Hannibal River, which I think the school is just called River, but, you know, there's a lot of those in Ohio. So this is the one in Hannibal, Ohio. Not to be confused with... in a nice Chianti. Hannibal River 7, Waterford 6, Danville 46, Cardington Lincoln 20, Newark Catholic, 42, Connaughton Valley, 6. Reedsville Eastern, 26, Caldwell, 14. A nice upset win for Eastern there. Shadyside, 48, Frontier, 14. Burn Union, 28, Beaver Eastern, 22. That's a 9-8 upset win there. And now Region, 28. Marion Local shuts out Cedarville as the Flyers win 56-0. Fort Loramie rolls across Troy Christian, 49-6. New Bremen, Wins big over Southeastern, 52-7. Tri-Village, 50. Cincinnati College Prep, 30. Riverside, 50. Lachlan, 0. St. Henry, 47. Grove City Christian, 7. And Sonia wins the rematch against Tri-County North, 17-6. And I believe the Tigers are 2-0 against TCN. New Miami, 40. Fayetteville Perry, 25. And that wraps up playoff scores in Ohio for week two. How about those non-playoff scores? Thanks to COVID, teams are allowed to schedule games after they're out of the playoffs. Normally, 
you lose in the playoffs, you're done, and you think about next season. But the U.S. 35 battle next year is going to be a conference battle as Dixie defeats Twin Valley South 27-21. A former G-Walk battle this one is Lebanon defeats Miamisburg 42-21. Beaver Creek defeats Ponix 53-6. Greenville edges out Salina 21-20. Bethel with a shutout win. Bees 49, Mississippi Valley 0. Vandalia Butler defeats West Carrollton 32-22. Tecumseh 43, Urbana 0, Centerville 40, Fairfield 28, Lehman Catholic 24, Upper Sciota Valley 6, Northeastern 52, Bradford 6, Fenwick 19, Aiken 12, Paulding 31, Hardin Northern 21, Miami East 35, National Trail 28, so yes, National Trail and Twi-County North should play tonight. I say should, you know, COVID and... I think it's supposed to rain most of tonight, especially at 8 o'clock, so that's going to make games fun. Hamilton-Baden, 26, Northwest, 12. Remember, Baden, they're still in the playoffs, but their game got postponed, or not postponed, canceled. Yep, COVID. Hamilton-Baden defeats Northwest, 26-12. Ridgemont, 54. Corey Rawlson, 27. Arcadia, 36. Waynesville-Goshen, 32. Oak Hills, 29. Middletown, 20. East Clinton, 28, Hillsboro, 7, Woodward, 16, Finneytown, 13, West Claremont, 21, Walnut Hills, 14, Milford, 54, Loveland, 21, St. Bernard, 38, Williamsburg, 27, Batavia, 54, Claremont, Northeastern, 14, Hamilton, 39, Sycamore, 7, and Western Hills, 34, Clark Montessori, 8. And that's your scores in Ohio. Hopefully I didn't miss any non-playoff games around the area, but if I did, you can always tweet them to me, and I'll get them for episode 188. So that covers Ohio football, but wait, I'm not finished yet. There's even more. We'll go to Indiana. It's week nine of East Central and Southeast Indiana, meaning that's the regular season, and playoffs start tonight, actually. We'll start up with the Richmond Red Devils and the North Central Conference. They fall to Harrison 54-14, not the same Harrison in the Cincinnati area. Ooh, I probably should have looked where this Harrison is located. Let's do that right now, shall we? What's fun about trying to figure out Indiana high school uh, high schools rather is the fact that I don't know a lot outside, you know, Wayne County and Southeast Indiana. I started picking this up this year, and you know, there's some that I could probably place, like, this is where this school is. But most of the Indiana schools, uh, not so much. If you wonder why we don't go over North Central, it's because Richmond is the only local school in the North Central. Everyone else is kind of spread apart. I mean, if you look at the North Central, I mean, you got teams in Lafayette, you know, the home of Purdue U. You got Marion. You got Kokomo. You know, the song from John Stamos and the Beach Boys. So where is Harrison? West Lafayette, the Harrison Raiders. So there you go. You learned something today. You also got Anderson, Arsenal Tech, that's in Indianapolis, Muncie Central, which is, I'd say, probably the closest foe to Richmond. And you got Logansport. You might know Logansport because they've used Felix the Cat as their mascot since what was it, 1926? That's one of the oldest mascots in America? Something like that? 
But there you go. Richmond, 1-6 and six and 1-7 and seven overall. 1-6 in the NCC. So thanks for going on that little trip with me. We'll go to the Tri-Eastern Conference now. As Centerville and the Bulldogs, they hold the Tri-Eastern Conference down. And they shut out Knightstown 55-0. Winchester wings over Union City 42-6. Tri-20, Union County 7. South Decatur 35, Lincoln 6. That's a non-conference game for Lincoln and the Golden Eagles. And Northeastern 18, Hagerstown 7. To the Eastern Indiana Athletic Conference, we have Batesville 42, Connorsville 14. You might wonder why I cover Connorsville, since no, Connorsville is not in the Miami Valley. I thought it was a lot closer when I was a kid, so there you go. And plus, you know, who's it really hurting? You know, because if you go 720, if you go 725 until you get into Indiana and you follow what turns into Route 44, you get to Connorsville eventually. So I think that's why. Lawrenceburg 15, South Dearborn 8. Ron Colley hands East Central a rare loss, 34-27. Greensburg 52, Rushville 6. And Beach Grove 28, Franklin County 21. In the Mid-Indiana Football Conference, we have Edinburgh defeating Southside Homeschool 52-14. North Decatur 40, Park Tudor 0. Mentioned South Decatur defeating Lincoln 35-6. Milan 51, Switzerland County 6. And Covenant 42, Oldenburg Academy 7. And now, week 6 in Northern Kentucky football. We'll start off with Holmes defeating Harrison County 30-14. Ryle wins big over a recently hot Dixie Heights squad. 44-14 Raiders win. Scott 27, Boyd County 26. Fleming County 41, Pendleton County 0. Rosser 26, Paris 6. Cooper 28, Boone County 8. Beachwood 49, Lloyd 0, Walton Verona 47, Shawnee 6, Covington Catholic 42, Highland 0, Simon Kenton 41, Campbell County 34, Newport 21, Holy Cross 20, Ludlow 54, Bellevue 8, and this one was highly touted on Tri-State Football's uh, postgame show, Newport Central Catholic 34, Dayton 6. And I mentioned Cincinnati did not play. UC, I'm sorry, we're going to college scores. UC had their game at Tulsa postponed until, I wrote December 8th. I thought it was December 5th. And the Bearcats are now number nine in the AP poll. And now that will lead us right to NFL. Because I like to get this out of the way. And I watched this game on Fox. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Bengals have dashed my hopes yet again, sir. How do you start off with a 21-0 lead and just let that evaporate, mostly in the second quarter? It's just... 31-27, uh, Colts defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. Colts now 4-2, and two, and this is the first win after trailing by 21 points since Week 5, 2000. And three. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about this game. Ravens clip the Eagles 30-28. Browns fall to the Steelers 38-7. And for Pittsburgh, this is their second time in franchise history, starting off 5-0. The first time, you have to go back to 1978. You know, the days of the Steel Curtain. And, yeah, I mean, also the death by field goals game. Denver 18, 
New England 12. First road win for the Broncos at New England since week three of 2006. Also, yeah, I could talk about the buttception where the New York Jets recovered an interception with a butt catch. I don't think it erases butt fumble by any means, but oh boy. You know, the Bengals are 1-4-1, and, and yes, that game was very disappointing. But, uh, <laughs> wow, the Jets. Wow, the Jets. That's all I can say. So, yeah, Bengals had a 21-0 lead and looked very sharp. And I definitely like the poise on that. The running game was going against the Colts. Keep in mind, they have one of the top defenses in the NFL, especially on the rushing category. And Phillip Rivers just, in the first quarter, looked lost. I mean, that Colts offense was going nowhere. And then the second quarter, things start to turn around. And then the Colts get a touchdown to cut it back down to 14. And it's like... Okay, this is where it starts, isn't it? Yeah, I was right. Yes, the Bengals did get a field goal after that. And 27 or 24 points in the half to lead the Colts by three heading into halftime. I, I, I know it's... I know this is going to be a down year for the Bengals. I mentioned, you know, we shouldn't be looking at Super Bowl. I mean, if you do, then it's kind of, you know, you're... You got too high of expectations, which, yeah, you should expect your team to battle hard for the playoffs, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, this one hurt. I mean, the Bengals overall, they got 98 yards of rushing, most of that from Joe Mixon before he had to leave the game, and now it's questionable if he's going to play against Cleveland this week. So, and also, can I mention... Why are the Bengals and Browns playing so early both times? You know, normally you got Bengals and Browns towards the end of the year, but now it's week seven, and that's already the Battle of Ohio. Through the air, Joe Burrow, another 300-yard game, 313 yards on 25 of 39 passing, one interception. He came close to throwing a touchdown to T. Higgins, but he was knocked down around, what was it, the three? T. Higgins finished the game with 125 yards. That led the Bengals' pass-receiving core. And also A.J. Green, 96 yards on eight catches, 11 targets. That's more like the A.J. Green of old, and hopefully that's a promising sign heading further in the season. Phillip Rivers on the other side threw for 371 yards, three touchdowns and one pick. And, yeah, he found three different Colts for scores. You got Doyle, Pascal, and Burton, who also had to leave the game for the Colts earlier. The Colts earlier. It was way, I think it was fourth quarter where he got hurt. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much you can blame the O-line on that. Yeah, he got sacked twice, but again, Colts won the better defenses in the NFL, Bengals got a sack on Phillip Rivers. So, you can't really blame the O-line on that one, can you? It's just, you know, Colts came back and won it with that charge in the second quarter to get, you know, the lead down to three after it was up a 21. I mean, I, I think if the Bengals could start learning how to win with, you know, 
time running down and you're trailing and you need one final score to seal it. it just uh, that last throw by Burrow, I, I thought he should have aimed it towards the uh, right receiver in the middle of that um, core on the right instead of who he was trying to throw and he forced that interception it's to kind of end the game. But, you know, I'm disappointed that, you know, the Bengals blew a 21-point lead. But at the same time, if they can keep fighting like that throughout, you know, maybe some bright spots at the end of the tunnel. Now, of course, you probably know about the drama going on. Carlos Dunlap had a live stream on Instagram, you know, about his diminished role. And I get it. I mean, athletes are allowed to you know, complain about that. I mean, they got, they got to say how they feel. I mean, but at the same time, you still got to show up and do your job type of thing. And there was a lot of current Bengals, former Bengals watching it. And it seems like there might be a mutiny aboard the Bengal ship of uh, coaches, meaning that Zach Taylor has possibly lost the locker room, which uh, that's no good. If that's happened, I mean, Zach Taylor, I think, what is a couple of wins away from Dave Shula's record back in the 90s. And that was, uh, that wasn't a great time for Bengals fans. It's just, I like to see the Bengals win those type of games. You know, you start off great. You keep the foot down on the pedal and make sure the Colts can't come back. I know the Colts are a great team, but at the same time, if you drive up the score 21 points early in the second quarter, you should be able to hold on to that lead and just, I don't know. It's just, it's a game where I immediately turn off the TV and it's just like, I don't want to watch this sport anymore. But no, that's not, that's not fair. It's just, you know, I, I, I want to see Cincinnati do well. I want to see the Bengals win, but it's back to the drafting board and seeing what, the Bengals can do and hopefully maybe spend a little bit more in the offseason and maybe work on that offensive line, you know? So now let's talk about playoffs. Not only do we have the Ohio high school football playoffs to talk about, but we also have Indiana high school football to talk about. And we'll cover that next after this quick water break here on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And now couple words about Redbubble and Tee Public. Hey listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Now, what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, that's possible thanks to Redbubble. Do you like stickers? Sure you do. What about phone cases, travel mugs, pins, drawstring bags, and even wall clocks? You need to check out Redbubble.com. I myself have purchased stickers and a phone case from Redbubble, and they are great quality. What better way to show your support for this podcast by rocking a sticker on your laptop or rocking a brand new case with the podcast logo? There's a lot more to choose from at the Redbubble shop, such as greening cards, masks for the coronavirus pandemic, zipper pouches, backpacks, water bottles, and even phone and iPad cases. You can search for the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast on redbubble.com or find the direct shop link at cindaypod.com. Redbubble! Hey listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Now what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, 
That's possible thanks to Tee Public. You have a wonderful selection to choose from, like t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies, baseball shirts, masks for the coronavirus pandemic, and even household goods. Not only does Tee Public sell clothes with the podcast logos on them, but they also sell stickers, phone cases, pins, magnets, notebooks, and more. Plus, Tee Public also holds sales constantly with $13 t-shirts and all of our items up to 35% off. What are you waiting for? Visit SindayPod.com to find the direct link or search for the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast at tpublic.com. A portion of each sale helps out the podcaster and you spread the word of this podcast. T-Public. I think that's a perfect segment to go into week three of Ohio high school football playoffs. And we'll cover the same divisions and regions that we do for scores. And we start off with region two of division one. Now, all these brackets are from Max Preps, and they're available on the OHSAA.org website. And we'll start off with Region 2. Now, keep in mind, for Division 1, since there's not as many schools in this, they're already in the regional semifinals, whereas in other divisions, it's still the quarterfinals. So we'll start off with Dublin Kaufman, the top seed, hosting Olin Tangy Liberty. And number two, Northmont hosting number three, Springfield. Now that second game, Northmont Springfield, you might remember in the regular season with, I believe it was an overtime win for Northmont. The Thunderbolts, pretty much with that win, they controlled their destiny for a G-Walk title. And the Thunderbolts did get that G-Walk title after all. I think they still had Miamisburg. Did they have Springboro or was that before Springfield? I don't remember, but you get what I'm saying. That was a big win for the Thunderbolts, and now the Wildcats are looking to extract a little revenge against Northmont, and this will be a pretty fun one to watch in Inglewood, so definitely one you might want to consider going to. Region 3 in Columbus, sticking with D1. We'll start off with the region semifinals of Pickerington Central hosting Hilliard-Bradley. Remember, Hilliard-Bradley, the 13th seed, had pair of upsets they took it to number four groveport madison and number five reynoldsburg and now they got pick central that is a tough customer but if you can pull off that one against the tigers then you know i mean the battle isn't over you still have a lot of uh, ways to go for a state title but still that's a start and the second game in region three is new albany at westerville central in the 10 versus three battle now to Division One Region 4's brackets. This is the Cincinnati area one. We'll have Lakota West host Coleraine. You might remember week one, Lakota West handed Coleraine their first loss in 83 GMC games. Yes, that dates back a long, long time ago. And yeah, I think Coach Tom Bolton's got Coleraine East working at Lakota West. I mean, he's got... Seriously, a great Firebirds program, and the defense is just nasty. So it's going to be fun to see how a Coleraine Cardinals team that's found their swag and rhythm throughout the playoffs, how they're going to handle things. Because Coleraine, they've only given up 14 points in two playoff games, a touchdown each. Whereas Lakota West, they shot out West Claremont, but they gave up 14 Lakota East. So both teams in the playoffs have given up 14 points. So that one's going to be a lot of fun to watch 
And we also have Elder and St. X. Elder with the upset win over Princeton. And that was my last game in Cincinnati. A lot of fun. And I, I will say there was a video shared. I forget if it was 275 Gridiron or WLWT, which is the NBC affiliate in Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know if Boyd fumbled the ball. And I know people are going to say, you just don't like Elder to win. You, you're one of those people that think GCL football is stupid. No, and that's a stupid voice that I just did. No, I I look at it. I looked at it like 20 times in a row. It's like, where's the football? Where's the knee? I, if, I, if I had to review that, I don't know if um, – I, I don't know because I'm not an official. I'm a broadcaster, and I thought Boyd was down before that, but – that was kind of it for Princeton because Elder would milk the rest of the time off the clock. I'm trying to think how much time there was. I think it was like seven minutes. And Elder just kept running it. I mean, what makes Elder so lethal is the fact that they have a quarterback that can throw, which, you know, you kind of need that if you want to have an air game. But they also have Drew Ramsey, who, well, the quarterback is Ben Hamilton. But Drew Ramsey, you might recognize the Ramsey name. Doug Ramsey's the head coach at Elder, and Peyton Ramsey's now at Northwestern, a transfer out of Indiana U. Originally a quarterback, but he's, he can throw the ball. But, you know, if he's out there, he's 95% of the time running it. And pretty much the big, you know, dagger in the heart after Princeton used their last time out, Ramsey was out there taking the snap as you know the quarterback if you will and he ran straight to the right and got the first down that was kind of it and yeah I mean Elder's a great team I'm not diminishing the Panthers at all that was a great game and yeah it's sad that I'm not heading down to Cincinnati this week for more playoff football but at the same time you know Elder won it so you know hats off to the Panthers so what does Elder get well, they get a rematch with St. X. Elder went 1-2 and two in GCL South. That's Greater Catholic League South, by the way. And St. X went 3-0 and because they beat LaSalle. So I think the Bombers won. Yeah, Bombers won it. I'm trying to go off memory. But yeah. So it's going to be a nice rematch. I tell you, the Bombers team, nasty. Especially their running game as well. So that's going to be, that's going to be two fun ones to watch in Cincinnati. And, of course, the winner of that plays for the Region 4 Championship next Friday. Lakota West hosts Coleraine. St. X hosts Elder. Now let's uh, move along to Division 2, Region 7. Now this is the one where we're in the quarterfinals now. We'll start off with Region 7, just to make sure that's the region I covered on here. And, yes, it is. Region 7's game in the regional quarterfinals look like this. You got number two, Maslin, Washington, hosting number seven, North Canton, Hoover. You have number three, Westerville South, hosting number 11, Olin, Tangier, Berlin. You got number one, Maslin, Perry, hosting number eight, Dublin, Sciota. And you got number four, Olin, Tangier, hosting number 12, Worthington, Kilbourne. And then, of course, the winner of those games gets to play in the regional semifinals next week, and the regional final is November the 6th. So, yeah, this will be a lot of fun to watch as we go to Region 8. Now, yours truly mentioned that no game in Cincinnati for him. But I will tell you, this Football Friday, 
I'm not out of commission. So we'll talk a little bit about that when I get to the game. We'll start off with the regional quarterfinals. This number one, Witten Woods, will play Edgewood again for the second time, this time at Witten Woods. We'll have number two, LaSalle, host number seven, Stebbins. You have number four, Kings, hosting number five, Turpin, in the battle of the ECC. And you have number three, Piqua, hosting number six, Anderson. And that's the game I'm going to help call tonight on WPTW. That's 98.1 FM and 1570 AM if you're in the Piqua and Miami County area. If you're not, 981WPTW.com. You can listen online. Make sure your ad blockers are down for the stream. So, yeah, Piqua undefeated. Anderson, their quarterback, Jackson Kuhn, he counts for 3,000 yards of offense. So Piqua's more up to run, and they have a really good running game. Anderson's got the Air Force on them. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this game at Alexander Stadium, which, by the way, I realize Alexander Stadium is not in downtown Piqua like I thought. You know, originally I thought, well, remember, Alexander Stadium a couple years back held... Uh, Dayton Dutch Lions. Who'd they host? Oh, the, the name's escaping me, but it was a foe from England. It starts with a W. It's like Weigel, something like that. I feel stupid for forgetting it, but you get my point. I thought Alexander Stadium was downtown. Like, it's around Piqua. Nope. East end of town, where uh, Upper Valley uh, Career Center is, Edison State is, and Piqua is. Piqua High School. So yeah, I was wrong on that, and I, I like to know where was I at where there was a stadium downtown and you drove by it and you could watch the game. I don't know. Maybe it was Pickwell all those years ago, but yeah. So yeah, um, my first time in Alexander Stadium, my first time in a while on radio. So yeah, I'm very excited, and both these teams, great squads. Piqua has only given up 10 points in their last five games. Anderson, a little bit higher on that mark, but still. Should have a very good one, but if we are getting rain like the weather folks are calling it, it might make Anderson's air game and Piqua's run game a little sloppy. We will see, though. So, yeah, uh, really, really looking forward to broadcasting nights. And, again, you can listen in the Miami County and Piqua area, 98.1 FM and 1570 AM, and away from the area on 981WPTW.com. Click Listen Live and make sure your ad blockers are down on the stream. So how about we go to Division 3? That sounds like a treat, and we start with Region number 11, as opposed to Mamlo number 5. Sorry. In the regional quarterfinals, we'll have St. Francis de Sales look for their first playoff game of the year. They'll host number eight, Granville, who is also playing their first playoff game of the year. Granville and St. Francis de Sales got a first round bye, and both teams moved on because what I presume is COVID. Wilmington is confirmed COVID, not sure in Eastmore Academy. We'll have number two, Bishop Hartley, hosting number 10, Tri-Valley, who's got a nice upset on Jackson in the pocket. Thornville Sheridan will host Bishop Watterson and Jonathan Alder will host London. That's a good CBC game there. London, Jonathan Alder. So that will be a fun one to watch. So we'll look at region 12 
the top seed, Belver Golden Eagles get St. Mary's coming into Greene County. You have Hamilton Baden welcoming in Tipka New. You have Trotwood Masson hosting Alter and New Richmond hosting Ross. Now on to Division 4, Region 14. I keep the scores up just to make sure I don't skip over regions. It wouldn't be fair if I covered the scores and not tell you what's happening, wouldn't it? we got number one, Bellevue hosting Kenton. Shelby will host Firelands. Huron has Clyde coming in. And Van Wert goes to Keystone. Now for Region 15, Division 4. Remember, 4, 5, and 6 play Saturday. That's tomorrow in this day of recording. 1, 2, 3, and 7 play tonight. Again, day of recording. St. Clairsville will host Warren. Licking Valley's got Heath. Bloom Carroll will host Carrollton. And Meadowbrook has Gallia Academy. And now we look at Region 16. Again, this is the one I think I have the most knowledge on just because, A, I went to Valley View and I saw that <laughs> Division 4 Region 16 might not be the biggest schools in Ohio, but there's no slouches in football, especially in this region. We have Clinton Massey hosting Bethel Tate. Valley View goes to Indian Hill. Waverly will host McNicholas. And Wyoming welcomes in Graham. Indian Hill Valley View, that should be a really fun one. I was actually watching the YouTube stream of Valley View Milton Union and just Valley View, most of the time, their offense could do no wrong. And Milton Union's run game just fell flat at Valley View. Indian Hill on the other side. <laughs> yeah, when they're mentioned along with Wyoming as being, you know, the top teams in the Cincinnati Hills League. I mean, for Wyoming this year, it's been mostly defense, although the offense has really piled on the points as the season's moved on. Indian Hill on the other side, it seems like, you know, 50-some points. Yeah, we can make that. So, yeah, Braves, Spartans. That'll be a fun one to watch. I think Bethel Tate at Clinton Massey. That should be a fun one to watch. Now, if Indian Hill and Wyoming advance, and there's no upsets from Valley View or Graham, that will be your first Indian Hill-Wyoming matchup of the year. Remember how they didn't play? Normally, it's a Week 10 battle if we didn't live in a COVID-infested world. So, yeah, you can almost decide the CHL from that game. But again, if both Indian Hill and Wyoming win tomorrow. But Value View is a great team. They're no slouch. Neither is Graham. I think Graham's a very big surprise because normally when you say Graham, you think wrestling, you don't think football. But this year, Falcons have just been almost untouchable in a sense and undefeated too. That's That's very impressive. So that's nice to see. So, yeah, definitely a lot of great football going on in Region 16, Division 4. And now we'll talk some Division 5 football. We start off with... We start off with... Do, 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 Region 18. That was me not being able to scroll on Microsoft Word. My apologies. Quarterfinals look like this. For Region 18, Liberty Benton hosts North Union. Ostego gets Winford. Although Glendorf will host Northwestern. Remember, not Springfield Northwestern. This is West Salem Northwestern. Too many Northwesterns. By too many, I mean two that I know. There's like three Springfields in Ohio, too, like Springfield High School. There's one new Middletown. There's one in Holland. And there's, you know, Springfield, the one in Clark County, you know, the one we talk about. And Eastwood will host Oak Harbor. Moving on to Region 19. 
We got Ironton hosting Johnstown, Liberty Uton making the trip to Ridgewood. Wheelersburg hosting Bishop Reedy and Columbus Academy hosting Harvest Prep. Now for Region 20, got top seeder Roger Bacon. They'll host Greenan. You got Blanchester hosting Springfield Shawnee. You got Purcell Marion visiting Marymount. And Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy at Versailles. A little bit of a hike tonight for CHCA, but hey, sometimes that's how it is in this crazy world we call Ohio High School football and divisions and regions and everything like that. Now on to Division 6. We start with Region 23. And we go with Fort Fry hosting Afrocentric. Loudonville at Dawson Bryant. That's probably the highest seeded or the the biggest numbers of seeds on there. 18th Loudonville at number 10 Dawson Bryant. We have Fairland hosting Nelsonville York and Lucasville Valley at Barnesville. Now we go to Region 24, Division 6. What does that entail? Well, that entails Coldwater hosting Fort Recovery, another MAC battle there. Mechanicsburg hosting Paint Valley. Frankfurt Adina hosting Minster. And West Jefferson will welcome in Covington. As we round the corner and get back to Friday Night Games, Division 7, starting off with Region 26. Lima Central Catholic will host Mohawk tonight. Arlington will get Lepsick coming in. We have Lima Perry hosting Hopewell Loudon. Remember, Lima Perry, they have yet to play in the playoffs. First round bye. And Egerton, I believe, got the COVID. And Crestview goes to Spencerville. That's what it looks like in Division 7, Region 26. Region 27 is as follows. Thank goodness this laptop is fast. Trimble will host Burn Union. East Knox will host Shadyside. Eastern goes to River, Hannibal River. And I'm trying to think what Eastern was. And Danville will host Newark Catholic. And to round up week three in Ohio high school football playoffs, Division 7, Region 28, has New Miami visiting Marion Local. And Sonia goes to Fort Loramie in a CCC battle. New Bremen welcomes in St. Henry. That's a MAC battle again. And Tri-Village will welcome in the Riverside Pirates. And that is Ohio high school football playoffs for week three. The next episode, episode 188, will go over week three scores, week four playoff games, and a little bit more. How about Indiana high school football to wrap up the day? Now, in Indiana, remember in Ohio, Division One is your big schools. Division One is your small schools, and they're known as classes. So if I say division and class interchangeably, I'm sorry, but... I'm used to Ohio terms, so what can we do? We'll start off with Class 4A. That is home to the Richmond Red Devils. And Richmond 1-7. They will host 9-0 Fortville Mount Vernon. I think I mentioned it before, but for football playoffs, it is a blind draw, meaning you kind of take away the records and everything. It's like, eh, no. Kind of like that. But it's nice to see that Leibolt Field in Richmond will get a playoff game in Wayne County. But 
Unfortunately for the Red Devils, they look at a very tough Fortville-Mount Vernon team. Which, by the way, let's have a look at that Mount Vernon Marauders team. Well, I can tell you that Mike Kirshner is the head coach. He's 27-7 at Mount Vernon. And this team hasn't given up more than 22 points in a game. In fact, the lowest amount of point total scored was 27, and that was at Pendleton Heights, which normally is a very good team. They're known as the Arabians, Pendleton Heights is, and that's one of the most unique names I've come across. And these two teams have played before, and at Richmond, and Mount Vernon won 56-13. So, yeah, Mount Vernon, nine-game winning streak. And this offense can put up some points. And the closest game was at Pendleton Heights, where Mount Vernon won 27-21. Your second closest game, well, that have to go to Mount Vernon hosting New Palestine. Andrew Smith is a friend of mine and a follow on Twitter. He broadcasts for the Dragons of New Palestine. And also Wright State had a couple softball players from New Palestine. And I think that's where I learned that it's Steen, not Stein. It looks like Stein, but it's Steen. So there you go. But yeah, tough opponent on the hands for Richmond. By the way, these are from Homestead.com. This gentleman not only does football, but basketball. Because, you know, in 49 other states, it's just basketball. But this is Indiana. So that is what Richmond has. In sectional 21 and class 4A, your other games in the sectional, you have Pendleton Heights visiting Greenfield Central, Pendleton Heights 6-3, and three, Greenfield Central 3-4. Owen 9 Shelbyville will welcome in 3-5 and five, Newcastle. And Connorsville 1-6 will visit 2-4 Muncie Central. So now this is where, actually we'll go to section 23 because I got some local schools on there. I will mention this outside of Richmond and just searching for the schools that I know about. My knowledge of Indiana high school football is not great. And I do it just because, I mean, Richmond's got a great sports station in town. It's an ESPN affiliate, but they have the Reds games, and they do a lot of great high school action in football and basketball. So, But at the same time, Richmond's kind of like my backyard, too, um, especially back in the day where you cross the state border and you're in central time. But nowadays, you have to be, like, the northwest tip of the state, and now you're in Central. Those were the days. Anyway, uh, South Dearborn, 4-4. Four and four. They'll go to 4-4 four and four Greenwood in sectional 23 play. 1-8 Jennings County is at 3-6 Martinsville. 9-0 Silver Creek will host 7-2 East Central. And Mooresville, 8-1, will visit 3-6 Madison. I mentioned the Connorsville game there at Muncie Central. That's in sectional 21 play. Also, it occurred to me that I also wanted to talk about Jay County because I believe Jay County is the northmost Indiana county in the Miami Valley region. Well, Jay County is 0-8, and they will be at 6-2 Delta in sectional 20 play. This all Class 4A. So let's go to Class 2A, and this is sectional 38 play. This is where most of your Tri-Eastern Conference foes will play. And the Centerville Bulldogs, they're leading the TEC, and they get a home game. The Bulldogs 8-1, they'll welcome an Indianapolis Cecina. I believe that's Cecina. That's S-C-E-C-I-N-A. They're 3-4. and four. 
Northeastern is 2-7, and seven, and they get the first round bye. They'll take on Game 1's winner, which let's look at that sectional 38 bracket. That's the winner of 4-5 and five Winchester or 6-2 and two Heritage Christian. You also have Shenandoah, 6-3. They're not in the TEC, but they're a common foe of TEC schools. And they'll be at 4-5 and five Eastern Hancock. You can see Eastern Hancock off of I-70 when you're heading towards Indianapolis or Richmond, wherever you're going. So we'll look at sectional 39 now. Union County's in it. Also Switzerland County as well. Union County and the Patriots, 3-5. and five. They'll get another 3-5 and five team in Providence at home. Pekin Eastern, 0-8. They'll welcome in 1-6 Mitchell. Triton Central, 7-1, will go to Switzerland County, 3-5. And 3-6 and and Clarksville will have Paoli at 6-3. So now let's look at Hagerstown. Where are they at? Sectional 47, I believe this is Class 1A. Again, in Indiana, that's your smallest schools. 0-9 Hagerstown, Hagerstown even, will... Go to 5-3 Knightstown. North Decatur in sectional 47. They're 7-2. They'll walk in and 1-5 Lincoln. 5-1 South Decatur gets to go to 5-3 Milan. And 3-5 Oldenburg Academy will welcome in the Tri-Titans at 7-2. Tri is also towards the top of the TEC, but Centerville defeated the Titans earlier. I always like it that Tri is in the Tri-Eastern Conference. It's pretty unique to me, but maybe not to you. I don't know. Your mileage may vary. I'm trying to think. Well, there's Monroe Central. They're a common foe of TEC schools as well in sectional 43, class 1A. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And that also brings us to Union City. They're 3 and 5, the Indians are. They'll go to 8 0 South Adams and the Starfires. One of my favorite names. I remember South Adams with that Ar not Arkham, sorry, and Sonia. And I had that call on uh, WTGR. I just remember Starfires. That's a great name. And South Adams, just to give you a little peek, the most points South Adams has given up this season, 14. And it was to Monroe Central. Yeah, that's the only time South Adams has given up double digits and points. How about the offense for the Starfires? Well, your lowest point total was 29. And that was a 29-9 win against Adams Central. Your highest, 61, the last game against Woodlawn. So, yeah, pretty good, pretty good South Adams team. And they'll get to welcome in Union City. In that sectional 43 bracket, you'll have 3 and 6 West Dell host 6 and 3 Tri Central. 1 and 8 Taylor will get Monroe Central in. Remember, I talked about Monroe Central. That's the only loss they suffered to South Adams. And Madison Grant, 2 and 5, will be at the winner of West Dell Tri Central. Now, looking through all these school names as well, as I spot a name we can cover, there's a lot of uh, similar names as well. There's a Versailles, probably Versailles in Indiana. There's a Tippecanoe in there, too. There's a Tri-County, which I know it's Tri-County North, but still. So, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, we talk about Indiana schools just because it's part of the area. So, that's why we do on this podcast, in case you're curious. Now I lost my spot. So let's, uh, well, there we go. Sectional 46, staying in Class 1A. Edinburg, 3-6, they get a home game. Who do the Lancers get? 9-0 Covenant Christian. 
Let's look at Covenant Christian to tell you a little bit about them. Yeah, this Warriors team of Covenant Christian, they can score points. The lowest point total by Covenant Christian's offense, 36. And that was a win at Heritage Christian, 36-21. That's also the most amount of points that Covenant Christian's defense has given up. There's a couple of eggs in there, a couple of zeros. Uh, three sixes in there, a seven, and two 14s. Yeah, tough opponent upcoming for Edinburgh. In sectional 46 bracket, Indianapolis Tinley, three and six, will be at four and four Sheridan. Park Dudor's got a bye. They'll take on the game winner of Covenant at Edinburgh. Park Tudor is four and three, by the way. Indianapolis Lutheran, eight and one, will get the winner of Tinley at Sheridan. So I believe I've covered just about everyone in Indiana. I did mention Union County. Yeah, because I talked about Switzerland County. I remember that. And I think that's all to talk about in the draw. We'll cover Indiana high school football playoff scores for you until the last local team is out. Double check and make sure. Ooh, I did not because there's Lawrenceburg. They're in 3A, which is your second biggest school level in Indiana. Lawrenceburg's in the sectional 31 bracket, and they get a home game, the Tigers do, as they'll host Brownstown Central, who's at 6-2. Elsewhere in sectional 31, Rushville 0-9, they'll be at 3-6 Scottsburg. Batesville 4-5, they'll get to welcome in the Wildcats of Franklin County at 4-2. And 5-4 and Greensburg gets to go to 3-6 Charlestown. There's also an Edgewood, Indiana, as well, and a Princeton, too. Like I said... You know, I learn more about this when I cover it. Don't want to cover the whole thing because we'll be here all day. And I'm not sure where most of these schools are in Indiana. So, pretty sure it's Tippecanoe. There's a Tippecanoe Valley in there. Does that count? Just double checking to make sure I have everyone accounted for. But we'll cover those next week. So, yeah. There's six classes? I thought there was like four. So I'm wrong on that last statement where Lawrenceburg's like in the second biggest school level. They're in the third technically because it goes up to 6A. Not a lot of games in 6A because, again, there's not a lot of big schools in Indiana. A lot of them are in Indianapolis and the surrounding area, Fort Wayne. You know, your big schools like that. So I think that'll do it. That's episode 187 in the books, and that took a long time. I have no idea why that did. But we'll cover Indiana high school football playoffs as we roll through the weeks. Of course, Ohio high school playoffs. We talk about that each and every week. Are you surprised? And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of football. There is one more thing I would like to talk about before signing off today. And we're talking about winter sports. And hopefully I wasn't stupid enough to close the tab on my phone, but there we go. This is from WHIO, released the 22nd yesterday at 420. This is from the staff of WHIO. The OHSAA says its 93 observers at football, soccer, and volleyball games across Ohio last week noted some areas of the guidance issued still needs improved upon, according to a memo to its member schools today. Now, if you don't know, Ohio is still looking to have a winter season. So, you know, basketball, ice hockey, wrestling, 
wrestling's going to be fun because uh, you kind of can't distance yourself. Maybe if wrestlers start to have like mind powers or something like that, you know, use the force. Oh, well, he's down. <laughs> Are you using the force legally or illegally? <laughs> Actually, I'd probably love to see that. Just <laughs> Jedi Force Wrestling, you know, just <laughs> drop him in the circle, you know, something like that. But you get what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being stupid. The OHSAA reminded districts about mask rules and social distancing requirements in the note. Now, what's fun about winter sports is all of them are inside. All of them. You really think you're going to play basketball when it's like 10 degrees and blizzarding across Ohio? No, you're not. So what's fun is, of course, normally your basketball arenas and your wrestling arenas and your ice hockey rinks don't seat that much like football arena or football stadiums do. I, I knew I was going to say it. I mean, there might be some schools that do. I mean, if you look at Indiana, Richmond, they have a very big gymnasium even after their renovations, which did knock them out of the top 10 of biggest gyms in the state. But, hey, I mean... Most of these were more for, I believe, handicap accessibility. I really want to see the Tiernan Center at Richmond. That's a beautiful gymnasium. But anyway, not my point. My point is, it's tougher because, think about it. I mean, how are you really going to keep people six feet apart when seating is an absolute limit? I mean, when hockey starts back up, I I'm questioning how that's going to work as well. I mean... At South Metro, I mean, yeah, you can sit downstairs and there's two things of bleachers, but upstairs there's a lobby. And remember, there's another side of South Metro, too, where you can have volleyball and basketball and indoor sports like futsal. But, yeah, I mean, that that's going to be tough, the social distancing thing for winter sports. But looks like Ohio's saying, yeah, Ohio, I mean, Ohio High School Athletic Association saying, yeah, we're still having a winter season. So, also there's gymnastics and pep band, too. And swimming and diving as well. And bowling. Which, yeah, I guess bowling would be winter sport. I always thought it was more like fall, like throughout the year type of thing. But that's not correct. They play sectionals late February. So, you know, I'm sorry about that. Bowling's going to be interesting, too. Just because, yeah, how you social distancing on there. I mean, yeah, you can split the lanes. But if you're bringing in... I'm trying to think if Polking South closes down when there's a high school event with Miami's Burger Centerville Bowl there. And my answer to that is I don't know. So there you go. Yeah, winter sports. Looks like OHSAA wants to have a winter sports season. So, I mean, yeah, I'm nervous because the coronavirus is ticking back up. So that, that makes me worried than anything. And I know there's people out there that might not believe in it, which, you know, Shame on you. But at the same time, if I get coronavirus, that's going to fry my lungs. I have asthma, you know, and my lungs aren't strong to begin with. So, yeah, but at the same time, I wear my mask everywhere I go. And pretty much throughout the football season, I wore a mask for broadcasts. There's been some broadcasts where it's been hot. I wear one of those, like, disposable masks and... I mean, people haven't really complained that the broadcaster just sounds like behind a mask just because, you know, if I wear a thicker mask, then, you know, there's that. But you get what I'm saying. I, I, I protect myself. 
So, no, I, you might think I'm a worry ward on that, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I need sports to come back for, you know, my living and everything. I'm still nervous as heck what spring's going to bring. If we have fall sports going over to spring, plus baseball, and then the Dragons, and then during the summer, the Champion City Kings, I'm looking forward to the 2021 season. You know, this is a Johnstown, Pennsylvania franchise now, so I, I'm really looking forward to it. But, yeah, so right now, there is a winter season. So, definitely, definitely, it's going to be really f fun. I say fun. It's going to be something I'm watching like a hawk. Because, yes, I want a basketball season. Yes, I want a hockey season. Yes, I like a wrestling season. Yes, I want winter sports. But... Only if it can be done safely and the COVID doesn't spread like wildfire, which I think it already is. Okay, that closes out episode 187 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. I know I kind of went a little long on that tyrant. But at the same time, this isn't on Dayton Radio. Get your local sports here on the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. That wraps up episode 187. Again, I'm on air tonight. As Piqua host Anderson, 98.1 FM, 1570 AM in the Piqua area or 981WPTW.com. If you're not in the Miami County area for Piqua Anderson, join me tonight. Talk to you again. Episode 188. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark SindayPod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. You can also find the Redbubble and Tee Public shops there too, where all podcast merchandise purchases go to help the podcaster. Follow on social media at Sunday Pod and the Lead W Mowen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This closing theme was created with the Splash app. This is Lee W Mowen saying thank you again for listening, and we'll talk more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports next time. <laughs>